Bitches ain't shit but hoes and tricks Look on these nuts and suck the dick Get the fuck out after you're done Hop into my ride and make a quick run Bitches ain't fuck shit Man, fuck these bitches Nuts and suck the dick Something, 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 I don't know the rest of the song. Welcome to Sound Artist Podcast, where we have no idea where our lives went wrong. <laughs> yep, that's it. <laughs>
uh, Coldplay's 2011 uh, project, Milo Ziloto, which they literally just chose the name because there was nothing else called that. It has no meaning at all. It's just words that mean that album. It's just a title. They're, wow, so quirky. means nothing. Um, that was the first album I ever listened to. First album I ever listened to the entire thing. Front to back. Front to back. Over and over and over. And I own the CD. I owned it digitally. I own it on vinyl. Like, keep in mind, this is when we were te- like very, very young teenagers correct. as well. This is yeah. not. And know, Ian, Ian and I would sit down at the piano and like play Viva La Vida on repeat because that was cool. Great song. Um, but going, going back into Coldplay's discography, I love, um, the, their debut album, Parachutes. I love, um, A Rush of Blood to the Head. I'm not as keen on X and Y, but it has some good tracks. Um, Viva La Vida is a legendary album and oh will be for a long time, forever. Uh, Milo's I Loda was the next one. That's the one I fell in love with. It's definitely more, uh, it's kind of a, it was a shift for Coldplay turning into more of a radio success story and being able to sell out, uh, stadiums as opposed to arenas. This was kind of their global shift into popularity. Um, going to, uh, ghost stories in 2014, following Chris Martin's, uh, the lead singer, following his divorce with Gwyneth Paltrow. So a lot of the themes on that are about, you know, their divorce and relationship and all of the feelings that he was feeling. They didn't tour that album. It was just a very personal bedroom sessions for the majority of the album. It wasn't even in a studio. They recorded it in his bedroom because he refused to leave. He was in such a poor mental state. Um, so that I, I actually love that album. I don't think it's really popular among the Coldplay community, but personally, I like it. I think it's a nice... I, I like the album. I like the project. It's very quaint and just... I like it. It has, it has pleasant vibes for me, even though it's a sadder taste than normal. Following that was a head full of dreams. And while most Coldplay fans would consider this the selling out point for the band, um, this, uh, you know, according to all of the band members, is the sound that Coldplay has at, at the time was trying to accomplish their entire career. And they thought that they sounded the best that they ever had on that project. So the 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 long time the long time fans for the most part were not happy with that project um anybody who listens to the radio heard head full of dreams heard um uh, him for the uh, um sorry adventure of a lifetime um him for the weekend and even some um radio play for the track birds which was really odd but it was there on alternative alternative radio um yeah i don't know it's been a weird journey for Coldplay. And that brings us to this. And it was kind of like, okay, are we going to hear a more mature version of Coldplay? Are we going to get more of this poppy 
bullshit that we got on a head full of dreams are we gonna go back to rock or you know what are what are we gonna get and we'll get into it like yeah what actually is on this project but i think it's important to define the headspace of all of these albums as well because that's a lot of what coldplay is their image and their message is kind of what they're here for um no, it hasn't always been their earlier albums were kind of born out of the 2000s um alternative rock craze and they bit heavily off of i don't want to say bit but they were heavily inspired by albums like okay computer and joshua tree radiohead and youtube being like two of the biggest influences possible and then maybe some like interpol or some of that like late 90s alt rock is basically and that paved the way for all of the 2000s stuff and they were part of that um i thought um well, them along with, like, The Killers, I guess, and a few others, Muse, um, but their first two albums were kind of born out of that. A Rush of Blood to the Head um, came right after the 9-11 terrorist attacks, and a lot of what they're talking about on that album kind of is in response to the aftermath and the way that the U.S. took it, um, which is interesting. It's kind of political. Um, I think it's important to mention that they're from the UK. They are from UK the UK band. They're not American. No, they're not American. Continue. Um, and X and Y saw the departure of one of the band's core members, um, one of the creative minds of Coldplay. Not necessarily one of the frontmen for actual instrumentation or anything like that, but one of the creative, um, or the creative force behind Coldplay left. Um, they called him the silent fifth member or something like that. And X and Y is seen by most fans and critics, most fans and critics as Coldplay losing their way, kind of like, like a, the, kind the of al- just wandering. The album is a broken Coldplay. Essentially, I honestly, th- <laughs> this is just my opinion though. Some of their best material is on this project. You can fight me. You can. Crucify me if you will. Speed of sound is incredible. Fix you is incredible. Square one is incredible. Square one White Shadows is incredible. The title track is actually great. Uh, the hardest part's pretty good. Twisted Logic, Till Kingdom Come, the final track, fucking incredible. But the, so much of the album is straight up wandering. I don't think there's necessarily anything wrong with that though. It's kind of them. No, I think it's I think an going exploration. Back, going back, it's a sorts. moment in the band's history, but I don't think that this album holds up as well as others do. In my opinion, "Viva La Vida" I think is their swan song. Viva really, La, "Viva La Vida" is is the pinnacle. Um, we hit the peak there, and um, <clears throat> then we had Milo's Iloto, which was when the this is where the bed's headspace, band's headspace, kind of comes into play because this is where they change their image to sort of world what the fuck uh world peace kind of thing like bring everyone together bright ass colors and stuff like that and um kind of pushing as much happiness and joy as they possibly can through their music um which i don't really mind uh some people probably might have a stigma against that but that's fine i can see why and then ghost stories again the breakup the um the divorce, a head full of dreams, sort of uh, expounding upon or expanding upon the whole world peace thing even further, um, and being much more um, 
I don't want to say brighter than Milo Ziloto because Milo Ziloto was pretty freaking bright. Um, but it's just, it's, it's different in a way. Um, and I, I remember when it first came out, 2015, Tyler and I were still young, still finding our taste in music. Both of us loved the hell out of that album. Looking back on it, it sucks ass. It's actually like not good. Um, and this album. This is closing out the decade for Coldplay. This is a double LP, two sides. Okay, and I've seen different um, uh, text bubbles and uh, different quotes from Chris Martin, the band's head, saying that um, it's sort of meant to represent um, the first part being a representation of the world's problems and stuff, and then the second half is trying to be how we can fix it, in a way. Um... So there, it's quite an undertaking. Two sides, double LP. It's uh, sixteen tracks, eight tracks a side, fifty-two minutes. Fifty-two minutes for double album. Fifty-two minutes for a double album. That was my first. That was my first. The the the, the question mark popped up above my head, and I was like, "Huh? Fifty-two minutes for a double album? That's a little short." Um. <clears throat> But, nonetheless, I was excited to get into this because of Tyler and I's history with the band. Um, we both, um, uh, our music tastes kind of grew alongside each other, and we both had a history with Coldplay. We both had a history of expanding our own musical interests with Coldplay in that um, some of the very first like songs I picked out by ear on piano were Coldplay songs because I loved them so much. Same thing with Tyler to his guitar. Um, so they hold a special place in our heart, right? Looking back on them critically now, with the critical eye that I have, um, some of their stuff hasn't been the best. They have been clowned on. They're one of the most clowned on bands the world has ever seen. Um, a lot of people equating Chris, Chris Martin to a Chris Martin, Chris Martin to a watered down Bono from U2. Um, they have never had a critically acclaimed album, like, across the board. It's always been sort of mixed reviews. Um, so, I was excited, but kind of a little bit tepid or timid or, I don't know, not tepid. What the fuck am I talking? Not tepid. I was just kind of, like, I'm not jumping all the way in. I'm going to dip my toes in first, see what I get here. So... Um, do we just want to talk about the music now? Can I'm, I say I'm one more thing? Rambling. Okay, go ahead. Um, as far as size goes, this is the biggest person we, the, the biggest band we have re- reviewed. Coldplay is massive. Absolutely massive. There's a very, very, very exclusive club of artists and bands that can play stadiums. And when I say exclusive, I mean 15 or less bands or artists that can play stadiums. I know Ariana Grande does. Ed Sheeran. No. Yeah, she does. Ariana Grande does not. She yeah, plays she arenas. Does. She just played Capital One. She can't sell out a stadium. They don't sell out, though, do they? Yes. Okay, carry on. <laughs> so the, the, the club of you know who can play stadiums is limited to people like Paul McCartney. Bruce Springsteen, um, not even Elton John, um, 
I'm trying to think who else. Taylor Swift, Ed Sheeran. Although Ed Sheeran has not played a stadium tour yet in the United States. Um, people, people like this, people who are massive, um, all over the world. Coldplay just got off of their tour. Um, they played a brief little stint for the, you know, promoting this album, which I don't think they're going to tour this album. And, um, they're playing some very, very interesting places. I saw that they played a chapel. They played the Natural History Museum in the UK. Um, they can, said that they're not going to tour this album because of climate uh, crisis issues. Fantastic. Can you talk about the uh, YouTube event? The what? The YouTube event. Oh, the live from where was where was it live Jordan. from? It was live from Jordan. We don't mean to talk about <laughs> just what happened. I. They, they played a sunrise service and a sunset service. So they played the first side of the album um, at sunrise as it was coming up at the time in Jordan live from a rooftop. And then they did the same with the second side of the album when it went down, uh, when the sun went down in Jordan. And it was a massive, massive YouTube event it was huge it was largely streamed it was you know very very anticipated and it was it you know it was really the first shot of people hearing the album and it's never been done before in that way so it was kind of cool definitely a very cold play thing to do yeah the rollout of this album was interesting definitely definitely interesting um the music though is what we are here to talk about and I think talk about it, we shall. Talk about it, we shall? Question mark? Talk Let's about go. it, we shall. Exclamation point. Well, Chris Martin, here we are. Hello. Hi, Colin. In the Amman Citadel yeah. in Jordan. Why have you taken us here? Um, well, we wanted to basically pick somewhere in the what we consider the middle of the world and in, in the middle of the biggest area where we normally don't get to play. And bands like us don't come here very often. And also, it's just so beautiful and makes me fizzle with excitement. The album has a real world sound to it. You sing about the Middle East, you sing about Africa. Why this global perspective? Right now, there's so much um, prevalence of people saying, we're us and they're them and they're different to you and they come from there. And I think if you've had the privilege of traveling around the world a lot, you know that ultimately we're all from the same place. And so I think in a very gentle British way, this whole record is us talking about the fact that we don't really feel that we're different to any other human on earth, no matter where they come from or what they look like. Sounding quite hippie there, aren't they? I'm hippie and I know it, clap my hands. <laughs> we're taking time over the next year or two to work out how can not only our tour be sustainable, but how can it be actively beneficial? How can we harness the resources that our tour creates and make it have a positive impact? The hardest thing is uh, the flying side of things. But for example, our dream is to have a show with no single-use plastic, to have it be largely solar-powered. So I think it's question of just accepting that you have to do your best not to be too 
overzealous in criticizing others because everyone will catch up if I think if you prove that it's easy. How important is it to the band to stay at the top? I think regardless of who the biggest band in the world is, you all have to realize that you're going to be polishing Ed Sheeran's boots. There's always someone bigger and there's always someone better, but you just have to give it everything. I, I know that we're becoming the best Coldplay ever. <laughs> Eighth album, the first seven have all got to number one in the UK. Yeah. If this doesn't get to number one, how annoyed would you be? I was thinking about this yesterday. First of all, I've reached an age where I've consciously decided that I have to, we have to not worry about anything like that, commercial or critical. Just you've just got to follow your heart entirely and give everything you can give. On top of that, I know Robbie Williams has an album coming out and I love Robbie and... Christmas album. I would like him to do well, so I don't mind where our album lands. It's a proper old-fashioned chart battle. No, Coldplay it's not, and Robbie, we're same not week. fighting. He can... I'd be thrilled for him. Glastonbury, you yeah. are so part of that festival now. You mm. cropped up a couple of times in the main stage last year. It's been announced Paul McCartney is going to headline yeah. next year. Any chance of Coldplay joining him on the bill? No. Why not? I did pop up on stage last year, and I loved doing so. Stormzy Kylie. And then I saw a tweet afterwards that said, you can always rely on him to come on in a tracksuit and ruin everything. So I was like, you know what? A, I should work on my trousers, and B, I shouldn't be online, and C, maybe just go and watch Glastonbury for a year or so. Did that hurt you? Sometimes these things hurt me, yeah, because I'm human. Yeah, but it's okay. I hurt you that critics have never taken to Coldplay in the same way that fans have. No. No. So going into the track listing, um, do you just want to start at the top? Um, Is there anything can, you want to preface Or we can with? just talk about... Yeah, we can... Oh, hold on. Okay, Let's so... preface. Okay. Um, going into, like, the overalls of what I liked about this, the last few projects from Coldplay, as we said before, have been, in my opinion, radio content. Very poppy. Very poppy. Um, there has not, they used to be a, a, you know, rock heavy yeah. band. Um. All poppy, no rocky. Correct. <laughs> um they they've taken this very colorful shift and this this project is kind of in many ways a step back from that. I think that this is the most ambitious album that they've put out this decade. This decade for sure, yeah. Yeah, this decade for sure. Um and I say that in an instrumental instrumental context as well as you know putting out a double This is Coldplay's album. most political album this decade. It is. They also this is the first album that Coldplay has put out with explicit lyrics. Other than live albums, yeah. Other than the live albums. But those aren't even lyrics. Those are just him amping the crowd out. Yeah. Up. Oh, fucking incredible. Shit yeah, like that. Yeah. 
So I don't know. That's kind of a step for. I was kind of surprised by that. Yeah, there's a lot of f bombs dropped on this project. I'm, it's fine though. I kind of was expecting it. There were two teaser tracks to this album. The, it, the rollout was kind of short. Like it went over the span of a couple weeks, maybe a month at tops. Um, but I think there's enough fans passionately following Coldplay and tracking their every move that they don't even need like a massive uh, four month rollout for an album. Like I think I think they're fine. Um, they released the, the two tracks that teased it were Arabesque and Orphans. Um, definitely preferred Arabesque myself, but maybe that's just me. I know Orphans has gotten some radio play. I, I like them both, honestly. I definitely thought Arabesque was more, I'm going to use the ambitious, the entire podcast. It was definitely a, a bigger step in the direction I wanted for Coldplay. Orphans was fine, but it was in a way more of the same of what we've been getting the past few years. There's so, a lot more arranged instrumentation on this album as well. There's bigger ideas, bigger backing to go along with it. This, this album has got some heft. It pulls its weight, and I think it's the most diverse album that Coldplay has ever released. Really? Um, they have a gospel number on here. They have basically the equivalent of a Gregorian chant Choir. on here. Choirs. They have choirs. Orchestras. They have string se- the The entire album opens up with a string section. Um, lot lot more organic than anything else they've released this it, decade, and that in and of itself was a plus for me. That it, I wanted that. It brought me back a lot to Viva La Vida. Agreed. I got whiffs of Viva La Vida and X and Y all across this thing. Honestly, plenty of it. I'm too. I'm totally cool with that. I'm I am. Too. I'm ready for more old stuff. Yeah. Uh, going back to their roots a little bit more. Completely fine. Um, needless to say that since their 2015 album, I was looking forward to a Coldplay album for years. Um, so when I heard Arabesque and Orphans at first, I think I kind of fell on deaf ears a little bit. Arabesque did grow on me quite a lot, though. The incredibly huge horn sections, uh, and the, the solos as well, just... The massive finish to the song is fantastic, and he's Chris Martin is just screaming in the back, "Same fucking blood," and it's great. It's, it's that this, <laughs> that song kind of, is a stereo ruiner for that's, sure. That's the kind of punch that we needed from Coldplay. Um, and as far as the political statements that they make on this album, they vary. Um. um how do I, how do I, I don't know. There's a lot of social issues that are brought up on this album. Um, actually, all social issues, now that I think about it. There's nothing economic or anything on here that they address, guns. really. Guns. And it's all kind of, well, guns is kind of, eh, That's well, not social. <laughs> whatever. Um, what was I going to say? Fuck, what was I going to say? What was I going to say? It's funny how invested they are in American politics. Yeah, kind of. They don't... They're not in the United States, you know? Like, great that they care, but at the same time... I mean, they're talking about a lot of racism. They're talking about um, the, the on the track, Daddy. They're talking about literally fathers leaving their families and it's screwing up familiar These lives. are not United Kingdom themes. Depends. 
Mm. There's still racism in the United Kingdom. Yeah, but not like... Police brutality is brought up as well. The United States invented this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Come on, give credit where credit oh, yeah, is due. Give credit where credit is due. The United States cradled police brutality into existence. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Um, but um, I don't know. I I think most of what I really like about this album is summed up in one track and one track alone. Is that and that is Trouble in Town. There's also folk elements on here, but I'll get to that. Um, Trouble in Town is insane. Um, the production is ridiculous. The explosion towards the end of the song is in- insane. They have... Um, I'm, I'm fairly certain that this is a staged thing. This is not actual audio from uh, an event or um, a standoff or a, uh, an altercation that took place um but it's basically some guy getting harassed by a policeman and uh it getting to um kind of coming to blows just over the guy's name um um and it's very powerful just because of the the amount of the i guess the actor that they got i don't know He's such an asshole that you kind of have to hate him. And then right after the skit, the explosion happens, and it's like you're just kind of sitting there in your seat like, oh, fuck. This is happening right now. I The, the song, I don't know. It's everything, it's everything that I could have wanted, honestly. Like, I mean, with Coldplay, you get the usual corn, sure. You get some corn here and there. I've kind of learned to block the corn out sometimes and there actually isn't really any corn on this song which is fine um but i don't know trouble in town to me was like apex fucking incredible um i don't know if you have anything to add to that but um there's also other interesting album or other interesting um other interesting things that they implement on this album um Lots of really short songs and kind of snippets of songs. I like they're not. Mm, we'll get what? to it. What? You good? Yeah. No. Okay. I, yeah, I have a comment on that, but I'm gonna wait for the next section. Okay. Um. When I need a friend is interesting. I I, I really like it. Um. It's just like I don't know. A lot of the stuff is really short. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, I don't know. Guns is incredible. Um, they teased it on their social media uh, prior to the release of this album. It's uh, kind of a rootsy song, a little bit of bluegrass and folk and shit in there. It's just Chris Martin and a really an acoustic guitar at first, and there's some other like pianos and stuff that come in a little bit later, and some... Uh, actually, no, it's not pianos. It's uh, There's some fiddle and vo- violin that comes in that come... Um, and, um, I mean... The, the title of the track is Guns, so you can kind of guess what he's talking about with the, uh, um, uh, what, I guess the hook of the song or the, um, main idea being summed up in the line, we need more guns, um, kind of putting that sarcastically, uh, uh saying that everybody's going fucking crazy as well, um, I, I don't, this is such a weird, weird situation that I'm in because there's stuff that I want to talk about but I don't really know how because like 
16 songs, 52 minutes. Half of these songs are like a minute and 50 seconds long. I don't know what the what the hell to think. You, do you have anything they're, to... They're more of a transitions than songs. Honestly. Why do you put so many transitions up against each other then? I, I, need, to sh- I need to shut up and let you talk. Um, I like Orphans in the context that it is in. Because I think that it's a nice poppy uh it's kind of a brush uh, breath of fresh air from the rest of the album and this is the type of song that we've been getting repeatedly on the past three or three Coldplay albums so get one of these the, the exception to this is that this is really the only the only song that follows this form that pops up on the album which makes it completely fine with me it's catchy it gets stuck in my head for days at a time like the chorus which can suck but like there are worse songs to hate so i'm not that upset about it um i think that the bass is incredible i like the the kids and the orchestra kind of the bass is really good in in the background the, the little kid choir that's adorable um i don't know i don't really have a lot of problems with this track i think it's fine i don't think it's incredible you know this is the academy award winning it's not it's fine it's 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 a track it's okay um i love uh cry 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 and i like it more and more the more that i listen to it ian made a good point about it being that the uh the pitched vocals are a little they're kind of unneeded but i agree but i think that they're just too i think that they're just the the volume levels are pretty much matched chris martin's voice at normal level and at the higher pitch they're pretty much the same volume like i don't know there's examples of people doing this like with trench like if you listen to jumpsuit you can listen to it and you'll hear ty joseph's voice normally and then pitch down multiple steps and it's way 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 in the background like you have to listen for it i think that would have been a better scenario here that they didn't really take advantage of but that's not a huge deal i think it's just you know it's fine i think i think the song is honestly pretty cute i think it's adorable i like it um honestly that's that's pretty much it for what I had that I genuinely liked stood out to me. Um, Everyday Life, the last track, I think is fine. I don't think it's incredible music, but definitely a little better than tolerable, I think. All of my um, likes, everything that I liked about this album can be summed up to really it's... um, uh, organic feel and sort of a lot of the risks and different cultural um, approaches that they took to all these songs because there's so much diversity across this track uh, across these tracks. Again, um, they have the, the the gospel number broken, which is pretty cool. Um, they have the the orchestrated uh, song. They have uh, some folkier tracks. They have the gregorian chant whatever you want to call it i don't know um 
they have some references to like Indian music, some some Indian influences uh, coming in. Um, excuse me, and just the the amount of places and um, different. I don't know, just a lot of different places in the world that they took the ideas from they i can tell that they were kind of inspired by a little bit of everything um and i enjoy that about it um the achilles heel of this album is a little bit harder to pin down um it's kind of a little bit all over the place in a way and again 16 tracks 52 minutes so i guess are we ready to get in the next section can we get in the next let's get in the next section So, so, um, I almost, I almost don't want to do this, but the critic in me pushes on, um, for the length that this album is, there's surprisingly little material, and that's weird to say, because again, I've talked about how I love how diverse this is, and how there's, they pull from so many places, and uh, different lifestyles and just different cultures in general. I like that. But there's no, so many pieces of this album that just don't do anything. There's so many different trails and little, I don't know, divergencies they have on this album that just lead to nowhere, um, which kind of sucks, honestly. Because a lot of the risks that they took are great for the minute and 20 seconds that they're on, and then it's just right into another one. And some of them, it's literally like one after the other. Like, you get one snippet, and then you get another snippet. And I'm like, hold up. What? Why are we here? What just happened? No, don't do this to me. Um, as well as getting some of them, some more of the same, Daddy is your standard... Um, your standard Coldplay ballad, um, complete with all of the uh, overused, heartfelt lines, like, I don't know, the cliches and all the corn, complete with it all. Like, this is what Everglow was to Head Full of Dreams, if you ever have listened to that track. Um, and, I mean, I like the sentiment of the song. Um, it's just buckets and buckets of corn. Um, again, Sunrise, I thought was an interesting way to open the album. thought the string sections could have been, um, I don't know, a little bit more daring, a little bit more risky instead of playing it so safe. Some of the political messaging in here is vague. I'm going to come out the gate and say that as well. 
because um, th- this is Coldplay trying to be political, and uh, it's obviously political, but you're trying to, especially with like the second half of this thing, you're telling us how to fix problems that you barely even told us about. Like, I... I, I and there's not very much in the way of how you're going to fix it. It's just kind of chalking up to everyone needs to have the sense of oneness and needs to come together as uh, just human beings and stop all of this. It's really it's kind of overused in a sense, as well as just if you're going to say that you're being political and you're really giving us something daring and you're really giving us something to think about here, then give us something to think about. Um, and don't give us some, I don't know, don't give us some overly vague and, um, super big, fill your own, make your own story, fill the gaps yourself kind of thing. Give us what you actually advertised, especially with the second half again. Um, Coldplay, and this isn't the first time that Coldplay has had this problem where they're just far too obscure about what their message is um not even just obscure just far too general it's and i think that's what i can chalk it up to it's really really general um and it's meant to be filled in by just about anybody you know anybody can listen to this and say oh yeah i want world peace too we should all come together as a human race thing is you're not actually fixing anything and that's what you said you were going to do. And in that sense, this album is kind of incomplete. Um, and I don't get me wrong. I have no problem with saying that we need to come together as a human race. No problem with that. I mean, I agree. We should I don't care about our fellow neighbor a little bit more, too. Right? But you're kind of chalking up all of the problems that you're mentioning on here. Police brutality. Uh mass shootings um uh, racism sexism all this stuff till we need to come together as humanity and that's kind of an incomplete message because number one there have been so many people that have said that before and that their message is that look at logic everybody bleed everybody people that song whatever the that album that entire fucking album everybody the, the album was called everybody right yeah um, and there, there are more examples. There's just they're not coming to mind to me right now. Um, I can't say that I'm not that I'm surprised. I can't say that I'm surprised by the outcome. I'm a little disappointed though, because um, I wanted something a little bit bolder, um, especially from the political viewpoints. I wanted something a little bit more that could stand on its own two feet a little bit more. Um, and that's not what we got, which is kind of a letdown in a way. Sad to say, but I, do you, do you want to expand? Yeah, I upon think you covered that perfectly. Okay, um, and again, a lot of the tracks on here just ooze corn. They're not expanded on enough. Uh, the ideas presented need just more meat on the bone. Um, some of them barely even count as tracks. Some of them are kind of patched together, patched together, roughly. 
Um, I will say the rough cuts absolutely bother me. Yeah. I hate that on an album like this. I don't think that there's anything cute or cool about putting a rough little studio segment of an unfinished song in an album unless if it is it is an album of tracks like that like a an album of b-sides or an a, a mixtape anything right. like that that's okay but when you put it on a project like this it's a cop-out a l- it's little bit, adding right? a little bit of length and absolutely no substance. Yeah. And it, I, I can't stand that. So when there were so many tracks like that, it's just that rubs me the wrong way for Coldplay, especially for Coldplay. Yeah. They haven't they haven't done that even on the Poppy projects. They didn't give us the, the closest we got to that was Army of One slash something else. And Kaleidoscope where they brought right. Barack Obama on that album. Too. Right. That was and, kind of an And idea. it was like two and a half minutes cool of each song Barack put Obama together into one song. So it was like five or six minutes long and it had like a speaking section of it. That is better than this where there's five different tracks that are a minute and a half long and give add absolutely nothing to the album. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the the tracks that I didn't like, I can basically sum up to um, either the the tune was good, or the and the production just needed a little bit more beef and a little bit more adventure, um, or the production was good and the tune needed more meat on the bone. Like there, it just was kind of boring and by the numbers for Coldplay. Um, I was really excited from Arabesque, honestly, because Arabesque was a huge jump in a direction that I was not expecting. Uh, it was grand. It was enormous. It was uh, earth-shaking. And um, I just wish I we got more bold, out-there statements from this album. Um, as well as Orphans just irks me. Um, it's a fucking U2 ripoff, like they do on... They've done on basically uh, their past couple of projects. Um... That's all I have to say, really. Um, you ready to wrap this up? Pretty much. I think this was. I. Th- I think this was a step closer to the right direction from a head full of dreams. They just didn't take a big enough step. Fair. And that's where we're at. So we'll see you in the uh, final section, shall we? Okay, so wrapping this up, um, I think that Ian and I do not need to rehash what we just said, you know. Too much. A whole lot. Basically, I think that this was 
I personally think that this was a bigger step in the right direction than I think Ian has because we've been getting a lot of the same for a long time. And even if it, if this isn't incredible, this is much, much different. Much different. I think that the instrumentals are more mature. I think that the lyrics are a little more thoughtful than they've been on the past few projects, even though In different they, places, are, yeah. they are slightly vague and really are completely up for interpretation and can mean on a lot of tracks, whatever you want them to mean. You know, I, I don't think that this is an album that stands well on its own, but I hope on Coldplay's timeline and their just, and their discography, I hope that this will make sense kind of like how X and Y does now. I kind of, I kind of want them to just go balls to the wall with the next one. Honestly, that's really what I want. I don't know if we'll get that. Kind of have my own doubts. Track listing on this project is flawed. The track flow is flawed. It doesn't run like they, they say it does. It doesn't run perfectly from side A to side B. It's not one side is every, all of the problems. The other side is how to fix it. That's not what we get here. Um, but the good material on here is fantastic. The not so good stuff is not so great. Um, and I just wish there was a little bit more meat on the bone here for me to chew at. We'll say there was not anything on this that was unlistenable. Not unlistenable? Bad. Some of it's annoying. Not unlistenable, though. Some of it's really fucking irked me. Not gonna lie. (laughs) Not gonna, not gonna sugarcoat it, really. Um, so. Do you have a grade? Do you? 7.7. That's generous. Mm -hmm. Wow. I was going to give it higher, and then listening to you talk more, I was like, eh, I didn't really think about that as much. <coughs> Fuck! Um, I'm feeling a 7.7. I feel like this is the right direction. It's the right direction? And it is. I, I am way more excited for the next project than I was anticipated for this one. That's true. So that that alone, that gives me a higher grade here. 5.8. Really? Yeah. That's pretty awful. Um, it, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. This was a fucking mixed bag, and some of the some of the ideas on here are so painfully vague that it's like, this does not function as an album, really. But there's so much good stuff on here. There's a lot that I liked. There's a lot more that I liked than A Head Full of Dreams. A Head Full of Dreams was nearly a train wreck to me. Yeah. D tier. Um, not F, something but, like that. but a yeah. D. Um, but this was a step in the right direction, just not far enough. Um, it honestly didn't even need to be a double album. I think that if they had just stuck to the whole, we're going a little bit more political and you can kind of interpret it how you want instead of trying to pad it out for time, um, it might have worked a little bit better. But that's just me. So go back in the studio and complete the half baked songs you gave us. Take more risks, too. Take more uh, influences from different corners of the globe. Basically, bring world music into the mix of your genres now. Give us more of that, because that's cool. That's really... That's pretty chill to me. Um, And, I don't know, the more risks that Coldplay takes, the more the better to me. Because they've been creative in the past. They've been... They've released some stellar, stellar material in the past. And I know what they're capable of. 
Hmm. This wasn't this wasn't the full capacity. This we didn't see it. But we can. Improvement I f- though. I feel it. I feel it coming. If we get something along these lines, just more focused, I'm gonna be so happy. I'm gonna leave my review at that. Thank you all for listening. Uh again, we'll see you basically tomorrow. Uh, because that's when we're recording this the night before. Fuck my life. Um sorry if you don't get a transition immediately, I'll try and get one done. But I have shit to prepare for tomorrow, so fuck. Um uh go follow Coldplay um at Coldplay wherever you want. They're everywhere. Listen to their older <clears throat> stuff. Listen to their older stuff, yes, because you'd be doing yourself a disservice. If if you're not. And if you're just listening to the critics, the critics have a stigma against certain bands, and the critics basically beat off certain bands. That's another thing I actually didn't really talk about. Coldplay is one of those bands that critics just fucking hate, and they tear apart no matter what they do. Whereas um, an artist like, I don't know, Kanye West, or an artist like Beck, artists like Radiohead, they will not touch them. They're, they have they're some, gods. they have some sacred virginity that is not, they're just not allowed to touch, you know? They're, they're constantly, <laughs> from, from, dude, um, dude, the, the mouth has to constantly be sucking on the balls in order for it to be, like, it's not a Beck album if Pitchfork isn't riding it to, riding it into the sunset. You know? Fantastic. So that's where we're at. But new follow us on Sound Audits Podcast. Friday, 9 a.m. Yeah, follow new episodes Friday at 9 a.m. Sound Audits Podcast. And uh, we'll see you guys next time. Yeah. Just keep on the lookout again for uh, the new material coming out soon. Uh, within the coming weeks, hopefully we'll be ramping up production of the podcast with some more listens to new albums so that we can talk about stuff that we didn't get around to earlier on in the year. And other than that... Um, Again, thank you for listening. Uh, Love you a long time. See you next week. Hope maybe sooner. Maybe sooner. Possibly. Just keep on the lookout. Peace. Peace.